Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Well, I don't mean to disappoint you, but your boy Q is off enjoying a well-deserved rest Got Adam Candy here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 today. As always, Demond Cotton, Demond the Boss, alongside here producing our show today. Uh, happy to be joining you over on RNR. I'm usually spending my time on a different part of the radio station over on ESPN Las Vegas with the press box or with Cofield and company, but happy to have the opportunity to talk all Raiders. All right, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of NBA players. We have to talk about Dallas and Golden State. We have to talk about Luca Beergate. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot of Raiders here. we got some great guests to do it alongside. Mo Moten from Bleacher Report going to join us in just about 25 minutes. He's got a great article up right now at Bleacher Report talking about why he thinks – Justin Herbert, Chargers quarterback, is going to be building an MVP case in 2022. I am not going to tell him outright that he is wrong, but I am going to tell him that I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone from the NFC, excuse me, from the AFC West to be the NFL MVP this year. Our man Adam Hill from Las Vegas Review Journal, of course, from Cofield and Company coming on at 3 o'clock. He did a game-by-game breakdown of the Raiders' schedule, looking at what every week should be for the Raiders. I'm talk to him about a couple of spots that I think are the ones that are going to determine whether or not the Raiders make the playoffs this year. I think there are a couple of weeks that really highlight where the Raiders' season will pivot. And then we talk a little hockey uh, at 3.30. You know, when I watch hockey, I-, I love watching overtime. I love watching that three-on-three where everything is wide open, right? Wide open. You can go and go and go on that ice. You have a lot of excitement in those five minutes. Well, what if they were like that all the time? Uh, EJ Johnson, the founder of Three Ice, going to join us at 3.30 coming up. They've got a tournament coming into Las Vegas later in the summer. Not only are they going to kick off the season here, but they're going to have their championship going on at the Orleans later on in the summer. We want to hear from you all throughout the show, anytime you want. Our listener line is open. Demond's waiting for you on the other end of the phone. Just because Q's not here doesn't mean we can't get down into it talking some Raiders. 702 702- 365-9200 in the Finley Performance Studios. You can text us as well on the Sam and Ash text line. Send the text to 69187 with the keyword R-N-R. That's 69187. That's what goes in the number field. R-N-R, your keyword. Let us know what your questions are about the Raiders. You can visit them, Sam and Ash that is, at samandash.com because you deserve what's right. Damon, uh, we got 
we got basketball that I think we have to get to before we talk about the big news of the day with the Raiders. We're going to get to James Bradbury signing with the Eagles on a one-year deal and talk a little bit more about the Raiders' secondary as we go along. I don't think, and I'm just going to tease this, and we're going to come back to it later on, I don't think this is as big of a loss for the Raiders as I'm guessing maybe some of you out there do. And just to give you a little bit of background for myself, you know, I'm a Giants fan. I watched James Bradbury the last couple of years. I like James Bradbury a lot more in 2020 than I did in 2021. So I'm not saying that the Eagles made a mistake by any stretch, but we're going to talk more as this show goes on about why I think the Raiders might be okay even without. But, DeMond, I have a question for you. Shoot. All right. Let's say that you are coming up on the biggest show of your life. It, it, you are you are producing the biggest show of your life. You, you can't even you can't see DeMond right now. He's getting pumped. He's getting excited. He's ready for this. He's ready to do it. Biggest show of his life. It's certainly not here with me today. We know that. But let's say you're getting ready for the biggest show of your life and and the day of Someone snaps a picture of you out at lunch with your boy enjoying an alcoholic beverage because that's what was making the rounds today before Dallas and Golden State get game one of the Western Conference Finals going on from San Francisco later on tonight. And, uh, you know, we heard a lot about the Vegas flu when the Golden Knights first got here. Were guys going to party too hard? Damon, would you be enjoying an adult beverage? Day of, because now we hear the Dallas Mavericks trying to tell us it's not from today, but a lot of people said that this photo of Luca and Boban out at lunch with Luca enjoying a beverage was from today. Would we see you taking down a cold one on, on the day of your big show? Not a chance. That's why I got to believe. I want to believe the Mavericks here and believe that it's fake because you're going to tell me on the precipice of the biggest game of his life, Luca's just out drinking a beer because we've already seen, you said the Vegas flu, we've already seen that Miami flu hit the Celtics a little bit with Al Horford getting a little case of COVID there. I'm not saying it was maybe the Miami nightlife, but hey, it's Miami. So I don't think that, come on, come, Luca's got to be smarter than that. That's why I got to refuse to believe it. Ooh, breaking news on Al Horford. Breaking news, Al Horford was down living the South Beach lifestyle. That's why he's out for uh for game one, oh man, that was a that was a tough watch with the Celtics uh, playing a pretty good first half, and then a Miami legs second half there last night. Maybe they all were enjoying the lifestyle. I don't know, but uh, you wouldn't catch me enjoying that adult beverage, uh, Demond. And the, the Mavericks are saying now that this photo of Luca and Boban, which appears to be a daytime photo at an outdoor venue somewhere in San Francisco, with Luca with a, uh, a golden-colored frosty beverage in his mug, was not from today. I love how this is what we're talking about before game one of this series, Damon. We're, we're not talking about Luka and the Mavs as one of the more unlikely underdogs to come through in quite a while here. We are talking about could Luka, after one beer, still play well against the Golden State Warriors? Damn right he could. Of course he could. Are you ca- David Wells from the New York Yankees in 1998, he pitched a perfect game back in 1998, and he wrote a book afterward and said he was, quote, half drunk the whole game. 
half drunk. He'd been out the night before. It was a day game on a Sunday. And I'm not saying Luca's coming into the game drunk, but are we saying Luca couldn't function on what? Damon, I don't know how your life goes when it comes to, you know, let's just say being at your best, but I know that there are certain situations in life where maybe at one beer doesn't hurt me that much. Maybe it makes me a little bit more social, a little bit more gregarious. It, uh, maybe just a little less nervous. I don't right? know, but come on. Like, if this is, if, if it is or isn't true, if the Mavericks win game one, Luca's got to add it to the legend, got to add it to the resume. Game one, Western Conference Finals. I took down the Golden State Warriors after about three beers before pregame. You know, that's, that's going to be the story. When they that's got to be it. When they write the Luca doc, when he, he gets his version of the last dance. That's just going to be in it, his first Western Conference Finals. And Luka was throwing them back with Boban. I couldn't believe it. That's going to be the people talking like, couldn't believe Luka was drinking before the game, dropped 40 on Golden State. I, I wonder if it was Boban's beer. I wonder if Boban should be ta- out here taking the fall instead of the Mavericks trying to tell us, oh, no, it's an old photo. That wasn't from today. That clearly wasn't uh, a photo of Luka having a beer. But I like that. I like that. Three beers in for Luka, taking down Steph in game one of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, you are, of course, familiar with Huka Doncic, right? Oh, yeah. Come on. Right? Remember? Huka Doncic. Oh, come on, man. Luka, right? Luka's a legend. Huka Doncic, you know, uh, if you haven't, I would just suggest you go punch that into your Google machine and, and look that up for the, uh, for the street legend who came and took a big hit of the hookah on the playground, on the sideline, and then went right back down to cherry pick Mid for a break. layup at Mid the no, other he, end. No, he got a steal, too. He did, did he rip it? Oh, I yeah. didn't even see that. He it ripped like, it? It was, the, it, was the, it was the rip of the hookah, getting the steal. Oh, no, it was just a cherry pick layup, though. He didn't take the steal. He did, that. Uh, he did yeah, cherry pick. Yeah. It was just a cherry he pick did, layup. He, yeah, you're right. I remember in the video he now. He did cherry pick the layup. All right, let's go out, let's go out to the phones. Let's, let's, let's find out what the people want to talk about today, whether, whether it's James Bradbury, whether it's the – uh, Golden State Warriors and Mavs starting tonight. Remember, 702-365-9200. Send it out to the phones. We got Raider Rod on the line. Hey, how's it going? Good afternoon, the Candyman. What's going on? Oh, Rod, I, I'm just happy to be uh, talking. Eventually, we're going to talk all Raiders, but we got a little bit yeah. of extra news no, to get I, to today, Rod. What I, do you want to chat on? Well, uh, well, you know what? This Luca thing got me... Y'all got me intrigued, made me pick up my phone. I hope, I hope that this is real. I hope that that this photo is and that he put back two more of those things. And not only that, I hope he goes down there and shows the Warriors that they don't have a big man that can stay with them because they don't. I love it. I think it's hilarious. And he stole the take from my mouth. I was going to bring up Boomer who went out and pitched, you know, one of the best games of his career, probably the best game of his career, honestly, and he did it half drunk because what does he have to lie to us for? You know what? I think this will just add to the legend of Luca. and man, I can't, I can't wait to see what, what goes down tonight because um, the memes are going to be outrageous. You see oh, yeah. Smoking Jay Cutler? This is going to be a cigarette with a sign. I love it. I love it, Rod. Thanks for the call. We, uh, we, we appreciate your insight there on, on not only Boomer Wells, but you are one of the people, much like Damon, who wants to see the legend of Luca grow after Beergate. 
earlier today with Luca maybe having a beer at lunch, maybe not. The Mavericks say, uh, but I love the idea that the memes are going to blow up on this because you know what's going to happen here later, Demond. You know what we're going to have. We are going to have not only the meme of this, but the meme potential of the fact that Draymond Green is probably going to pull the defensive assignment on Luka for some level of this game, right? And nobody will have more fun with the Luka beer storyline than Draymond Green. You could see Draymond Green getting a steal and just taking like taking his hand in a like he's cupping a mug, right? Cupping a stein and just tilting one back, right? Oh, I got him. Oh, I got him. Have another one, Luka. I think Draymond you know might be the one to have some fun here. He, he's going to annoy me more, but it's funny you bring up Draymond because we got a text on the Raider Nation text line. Big Dub Raider says, guys, Ryan Artest in Chicago was locking cats down after taking shots of Henny before games. Luka will be fine. Go Raiders. That's from oh, Big Dub Raider. <laughs> bring it, bringing Meta into this. Yeah, Ron, Ron Artest taking shots of Henny. Meta World Peace. Uh, I, I, we can talk more about this. The Red Sox. <laughs> The Red Sox, back in 2000, I believe it was the 2004 Red Sox, the ones who overcame the 3-0 deficit against the Yankees, they were taking shots at Jack Daniels before the game. They took a shot at Jack Daniels as a team before game four when they were down 3-0. They come back to win. Then it became superstition. Then it was like, well, we got to do it again. It worked. Well, yeah, it worked. Not only did they go out there and... uh, and beat the New York Yankees in that game four. They did it in five, six, and seven also. So Yankees uh, and the Red Sox can handle it. I think Luka can handle a little bit of it too. Uh, Quick fire question here, DeMond, because I know we're going to get to the opening drive here in just a second. Uh, Which Raider player do you think would be the one that we would hear about, oh, he was out at lunch earlier today, enjoying a beverage before a Week 18 showdown to get the Raiders into the playoffs. Like, which player do you, would you be ready for that story about? Man, that's a tough one because a lot of the guys on the Raiders are good guys. You know, when you got the bookends, you got one of the best players on defense, Max Sober, one of the sober. best players on offense. Darren Waller, Sober. So, I'm, yep. I'm trying to one, definitely wouldn't see this about Carr. In a, in a good way because he is such a fun-loving dude, I'm going to go on the defensive end. Maybe Denzel Perryman, Denzel like that'd Perryman. be the guy where I'd be. Like he's even got the the mantra "Stay hydrated," you know. So Denzel Perryman would be a fun choice. If it was just I, like, ah man, I, I could see Denzel Perryman doing see, this. Here's I like it, but here's what I want to see because I think taking what he already does and then pumping it up a notch with getting him a little bit loose. I, I want to see John Abram after having that beverage. I want to see John Abram coming downhill like a freight train. With no regard for – I mean, he never has a whole lot of regard for human life coming down that line. He's ready to hurt somebody. But that would be, uh, be interesting as well. All right, man, let's hit the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. All right. James Bradbury is not going to be a Raider. Philadelphia Eagles, one year, $10 million for the former New York Giants cornerback who was cut by the Giants in a salary cap reduction move about a week ago. Expected that he was going to be cut. A lot of Raider fans I know out there who are waiting to see 
would the Raiders, with the little bit of cap space they had left, be able to add James Bradbury, maybe replace Casey Hayward in a way that the Raiders acted last offseason, right? You go get a veteran cornerback, try to plug him in for a year, see if he can be the one to lead that secondary. Casey Hayward did a heck of a job of it last year for the Raiders, grading as one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. So the question we have for you, with the Raiders not signing James Bradbury, do you feel confident in the Raiders' secondary as currently constructed? Call us, 702-365-9200, text line 69187. That's the Sam and Ash text line. We're going to take some calls as the show goes along, but I want to give you my thought on this from the jump here. And and for those of you who don't have an opportunity to listen over on ESPN Las Vegas when I'm talking about football, I like my numbers. I I like talking about PFF grades. I like talking about analytics. And I don't think they explain everything that you need to know. And from the jump, I'll tell you this. When it comes to the pro football focus coverage grades I'm going to mention, they are notoriously some of the most volatile grades that PFF does. Even the PFF people will tell you they're not 100% confident in these as much as they are with some of their others. But it is the best way we have to measure these cornerbacks. So James Bradbury goes to the Eagles. And let me tell you why, Raider fans, I don't think this is as big a miss as you might feel like. James Bradbury was really good as a free agent signing in 2020 for the New York Giants. In fact, he was one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league. James Bradbury was the seventh best cornerback by pro football focus grade in 2020. And so you're probably remembering that. You probably remember seeing James Bradbury getting a lot of hype. Let me tell you what happened last year. And for those of you who are going to say, well, maybe it was the scheme, maybe he didn't do as well, but but yeah, remember who his defensive coordinator was? It's Patrick Graham, who's your defensive coordinator now. James Bradbury was the 54th rated cornerback in football last year. 54th. His coverage grade fell from about a 79 down to about a 64 by PFF. Here's why that's important. James Bradbury has been in the league since 2016. Here are his grades since he's been in the league, starting with 2016. 70, 55, 65, 65, 79, 65. Which one's the outlier, everybody? It's 2020. It's the really, really good year from James Bradbury. That was the year that James Bradbury, as a first-year free agent signing from Carolina, really blew up for the New York Giants. Of course, Giants weren't very good. Giants weren't very good last year either. In fact, Adoree Jackson was the best cornerback for the New York Giants last year. He was the fourth-rated cornerback in pro football by Pro Football Focus. I think you're going to be okay if, if this happens. You have health. You have the players in this secondary if you have health. Very hard to keep your cornerbacks healthy all year. We saw it with Trayvon Mullen, who only played five games for the Raiders last year. It is hard to keep your cornerbacks healthy. So let's start with the guys who I think are the most important, in the order that I think they are the most important. We'll start with Rock Yassin, who comes over in the Yannick Ngakwe trade from the Indianapolis Colts. Do you believe that Rock Yassin is on the come-up right now? Because if you do then you could have a reasonable replacement here for Casey Hayward. Second-round pick of the Colts, 2019. His coverage grades have gotten better every year from PFF, 62-48, 72.4 last year. Now, Colts defense was good all around last year, so 
did the system prop him up at all? We're going to find that out. That's all in good time. We know that the new regime specifically targeted him to come in in replacement of Yannick Ngakwe when they signed Chandler Jones. Uh, last year, targeted 46 times for 26 receptions, 56% completions, about 9.5 yards per catch. That's really good when you consider Rock Yassin's first two years in the league. He allowed 15 yards a catch in both of those years, allowed 64% completions, 68% completions in 19 and 20. He improved last year. Is there more room to improve? That's the biggest question you have to answer on Rock Yassin. I think that even if you get a performance that looks like last year out of him, that will be enough with the pass rush that the Raiders have put together. The second most important guy... Can Nate Hobbs do it again? Uh, we know that there have been some questions with Nate Hobbs off the field in the offseason, but on the field, no question about what Nate Hobbs did corner for this team last year. No question at all. If you go and look at those PFF grades, 77 coverage grade, best rookie cornerback, and if you look at the consistency, that's what really stands out to me. He had, from week two to week seven, a grade 70 or above every one of those weeks, and then he had four more of them throughout the year again slot corner maybe not as important as having that guy on the outside depending on how the Raiders set things up but we'll find that out can Nate Hobbs do it again uh, there's reason to believe the the, May the Mike Mayock regime did pretty well drafting in the lower rounds uh, we saw that's where Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby came from so the next guy on the list and we mentioned him already is Jonathan Abram uh, this is a big question because of course, you saw last year John Abram move from playing 372 snaps, more than half of his snaps in 2020 at free safety. Uh, he played in the box 500 snaps last year. Gus Bradley, in the one year, moved him over to that spot, and that's where he found more success as a guy who could attack the passer a little bit, play downhill a little bit. Uh, you need Trayvon Merrick to continue what he did last year to keep using John Abram in that role, but... You know that what you don't want is John Abram to be able to be targeted in coverage consistently. That's not going to work out well for the Raiders. He allowed 20 yards per catch as a free safety in 2020, allowed just 7 point yards per catch, although it did allow 79% completions last year. I happen to think that if the Raiders are healthy, that having those two cornerbacks at the top is going to give them enough to work with if Trayvon Mullen can also come back in a healthy state, right? I look at both outside corners, I look at the slot, and I say the players are there for the Raiders to do this. Uh, let me ask you, Damon, right now, as currently constructed, Raiders secondary, are the pieces there? I think that they're going to go out and get someone that's still left in free agency. I don't know if it's going to be a Joe Hayden or... A.J. Bouye, someone that's still a veteran out there that they can get for, for a low contract because Trayvon Mullen, he had foot surgery already this offseason. You can't go in and expect this guy's going to play 17 games. So I do think that they got to get one veteran just to shore it up. But I do think that this is a it's a winning secondary. I mean, it can't, can't be much worse than it was last year with the addition of Patrick Graham. But I do think that they just need one more vet just in case Trayvon Mullen goes down. And we saw that they were able to hit in free agency. Right? They hit in free agency last year. You can't hit much more than you hit on Casey Hayward. 
last year. And I'm not talking about the depth guys at this point. I'm not talking about an Anthony Averett, who they brought in as someone to play in a pinch, right, to play in some of the sub packages, to play in a pinch. Anthony Averett didn't look great last year for the Baltimore Ravens. He's a guy that you want more backing up. But the biggest thing, and we're going to get into this as the show goes along, why do I think you don't have to have much more than what they can bring from Rocky Yassin, that what they can bring from Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Mullen, well, I don't think those guys are going to have to cover quite as long next year. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Q enjoying a well-deserved rest. Adam Candy sitting in here on R&R 920 with Damon Cotton. Let's bring it out to the phone line with our friend Mo Moten from Moten from Bleacher Report. Mo, um, before we get into talking a little bit of football in specific, I have to ask you, when you woke up today, did you intentionally choose violence? Because going through your Twitter feed today, you seem to be here for whether it's a football fight, whether it's a food fight, like, you seem to be ready for the people today. Yeah, pretty much just rolled out of bed and figured I would just throw some trouble on Twitter today. I, I just went through the gamut. Uh, I dropped an article saying Justin Herbert would be MVP. Had a Derek Carr tra- thread where I defended him and said, we can't run with the narrative that he needs everything perfect around him. And then I said, cookie dough, anything is trash. And, and that pretty much put me over the top. Uh, man, I... I don't know how you can handle all the mentions that come out of that in one day. That's we'll get to the cookie dough thing at the end because I, I have thoughts, but let's let's save that for the end because you mentioned the piece that I uh, I really want to get into it with you about, and that is your article about uh, Justin Herbert poised to make an MVP run this year. Uh, right now, if you look at the odds on DraftKings, Josh Allen seven to one, Patrick Mahomes nine to one, Herbert. The two-time defending MVP Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady all at ten to one. Derek Carr, he just mentioned, at twenty-two to one. So that's just to kind of set the scene for everybody. But lay it out for us. What is your case for why Justin Herbert is ready to make an MVP run in twenty twenty-two? I mean, look at what he's done already. I believe he has a year last year over five k passing yards, broke rookie records in his first year. Uh, as, I, as I just said, he took a step up, and now he has some continuity. And I believe Brandon Staley spoke about this on the Rich Eisen show. He said in six years he hasn't had he hasn't played in the same offense. Now I think he had Mario Cristobal for back to back years as, as a head coach, but he hasn't had much stability around him. And for the first time in a while, he's in the same system again under Joe Lombardi. And as you saw last year, it worked for him. So I don't see him taking a step back. They have a strong offensive line. Uh, they, they addressed that last year. They had a horrible defense. I think that's going to really help the offense. Uh, J.C. Jackson be able to force some turnovers. Of course, Raiders fans know who Khalil Mack is. If he's healthy, him and Joey Bosa are going to be a problem on the edge. So that defense is going to be able to get the offense extra possessions by turnovers and by forcing what's ran out. So that's a short, that's a maybe shorter field for Justin Herbert and more possessions. So I think those numbers could actually grow. If, if those two guys on the defensive side stay healthy. And, and as I just mentioned, he has the protection, the weapons, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler broke out. I said that he's going to be 
the Alvin Kamara uh, of that Chargers offense, and that was pretty much right for the fantasy football folks who listened to me. Um, they added Joe Everett, not a big signing, but athletic tight end. Underrated pickups they had in the draft with uh, Zion Johnson being that guard. Isaiah Spiller, who I wanted the Raiders to draft, the Chargers picked him up. Now the Chargers have some physicality up front. Now they have some balance on offense, so it takes some pressure. So maybe you drop a safety to stop a physical run attack, and now you have an open an open shot downfield where Just Herbert can hit a Keenan Allen or Mike Wins 20, 30 yards. So a lot of help around him, and he has a much, much stronger supporting cast. Oh, it's hard to argue, and I want to go right back to the last thing you just mentioned there about Zion Johnson at guard because when we watched that game and actually just rewatched the amazing uh, Week 18 game between the Raiders and the Chargers uh, from Sunday Night Football earlier this week, uh, what you saw was when Justin Herbert was in trouble, it was because of Storm Norton uh, and how Mm -hmm. he was getting run over on the offensive line. When Justin Herbert had time, to stand in and do things, he was amazing. And that performance we saw out of him in Week 18, some of the throws he made on third and fourth down, really seemed to suggest a guy who was coming into his own at the end of the year. I feel like that offensive line uh, firming up and you know getting Rayshon Slater another year of experience, getting Corey Lindsley healthy is the biggest thing for the Chargers. Yeah, and they can also mess, not mess with, but they can also reconfigure the offensive line a little bit to cover that that issue at right tackle, Matt, Matt Feeler can actually play right tackle. He played it with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they drafted the guard out of, out of Georgia, Jamar Thalier, and he can play in that position where uh, Feeler played at left guard. So now you can you have pieces, you have flexibility up front where you can help Justin Herbert with his pre- pass protection if he needs it. Now he's mobile, so he can move, so he can mask some of those issues. But, you again, you have options up front. All right, so I want to run a theory by you about why I think it might be difficult for, for as well as Justin Herbert might play, why it might be difficult for him to win the MVP. And I don't think it's unique to him. I would say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. I wonder how hard it's going to be for these guys with this division to deal with week in and week out. When we look at, you know, just looking at the rest of the top of the odds for MVP, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, we're looking at much weaker divisions for, for all of those guys. Do, do you think that this division is going to potentially feast on each other so much that it, it might be hard for anyone to really stand out in the AFC West? Yes, I knew you were going to go there, so I prepared for this. And you're, you're right about that point. It may be hard for anyone in the AFC West to come out and claim that MVP because it could be a dogfight where, and I predicted that every team in that division is going to win 10 games. We'll see if that happens. I have the Chargers winning 11, but you're absolutely right. It's going to be tough in that division. But I will say this, and you talked about it earlier in the show. You're actually asking people to call in and talk about this. The Raiders secondary, a little shaky. I'm a little iffy on it. Uh, the Chargers secondary, a little shaky. They lost their top cornerbacks. They lost Tyron Matthew. They're going through changes on their back end. The Denver Broncos have a first-time defensive coordinator. So we don't know how good these defenses are going to be in the AFC West. The pressure comes, it's going to have to come up front because all three of these teams, well, maybe except the Chiefs, the uh, Chargers and the Raiders, they have a good pass rushing duo. Uh, you, you know, it's, with, the, with the Chiefs, you have Chris Jones up front. You have Frank Clark. Frank Clark isn't what he was a couple of years ago. So I, kinda, I know the Chiefs drafted an a edge rusher. 
Carl uh, Carl out of uh, Purdue. Don't know how good he's going to be straight out of college, but uh, with Denver, Bradley Chubb's got to stay healthy. I, I mean, Von Miller's not there anymore. He's still playing well. They added Randy Gregory, but he hasn't played in a full time role with with Dallas. So we don't. Those defenses could be unsettled. And I think Justin Herbert, him on the rise. I, I think he can overcome that and still claim the MVP award if he plays well. All right, again, we're talking to Mo Moden from Bleacher Report, and Mo, it's time. <laughs> All right, Mo, last night you put out a piece. You know, you click on the headline. I know maybe you didn't write the headline. Derrick Henry, Titans are destined to disappoint in 2022. And, you know, maybe you maybe, – I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you have an ax to grind with the Titans. Maybe you knew you would get a rise out of me. But I was just talking with John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, and he feels that the Titans are going to repeat and win the division, again, the AFC South. Maybe they can get the number one seed because of how stacked all the other divisions in the AFC are. So why do you, Mo Moden, believe that the Titans are destined to disappoint this coming season? Two things. First of all, I want to say respect to John McClain. Respect him. You know, great writer, reporter. And two, I did write the headline. Just putting it out there. It was my headline. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I just have too many questions. And let, let me just pull out the glasses. You can't see me, but I, I'm going to pull out the glasses. And I'm just going to read a, a laundry list to you. Cleve Farley, can he stay healthy? Since 2021 in March, back surgery, torn ACL. Bud Dupree, is he going to play up to his contract? Didn't do it last year. Offensive line, you got some issues. You let go of a Pro Bowl uh, guard in Roger Saffold. Who's your right tackle? Is it is it Dylan Redunds? I don't know. Tannehill got sacked 47 times last year. They got to fix that problem. Derrick Henry, his yards per carry has dropped 5.1, 5.4, and then 4.3 last year. Now I know he got hurt, and I know what you're going to say. They were six and three without Henry, right? Well, they beat Matthew Stafford. I'll give you credit for that. Trevor Simeon, a backup. Trevor Lawrence, a rookie. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to give you a stinker now and then. He gave you a stinker in that game. Tua Tagovailoa, Jerry is still out on him. Davis Mills is still a rookie. So you're gonna, you're gonna, I know you're going to pull out, yeah, 6-3, and three, but who did they beat? And once you play a good quarterback or a capable quarterback or a top-tier quarterback, which the ASC has a lot of this year, the Titans are going to have problems because the biggest problem, the one biggest problem is not A.J. Brown leaving, even though that is a problem. And they do have a rookie coming in. And they do have Robert Woods coming off of a torn ACL at 30 years old. Not going to mention that in his age. But Todd Downing, Raiders fans are familiar with Todd Downing. That is your OC. That is your offensive corner, your play call. The guy's supposed to fix the holes and put this all together. Do you trust, Demond Cotton, do you trust Todd Downing to get this right? Because I don't. He's the, he's the man in charge, so I've got to put my trust. I know that the Raider fans keep telling me he burned the Raiders. He is mm-hmm. a clown of an offensive coordinator, but I've got mm-hmm. to see the hope within Todd Downing. God bless your heart, man. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't see it. and I, he, He's probably a good guy, great guy, but the Raiders 23rd in 2017 under him as the play caller. Titans were 15th, I believe, last year. Pretty mediocre. And as I just read off, they have some issues on the offensive side of the ball. Derrick Henry is not going to carry the ball 300 times for another season. As I just mentioned, he just had a foot injury last year. He did come back for the playoff game, but, you know, didn't do a lot. 
So they're going to have to take some pressure off of Derrick Henry. It's going to have to fall on Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill isn't just isn't that dude ever since Arthur Smith left and went to Atlanta. I think we're seeing the Ryan Tannehill that we saw in Miami under Adam Gaze again. And that, that's not a good sign for the Titans. You know what, man? You know, I was going to put you on trial. Hold your feet to the fire. You, you, you bobbed and weaved. You, you did well. You defended yourself. You, you live to see another day. All right, Mo, you got me. Adam, you got anything else for this guy? I mean, I mean, I guess he had some good points, I guess. Well, here, here's what I thought was the most impressive part uh, of Mo's attack on you was that he had all of your arguments already ready to defeat. He gave them all to you before you had a chance to say anything about them. He knew that the, the Titans' record was 6-3 and three without Derrick Henry, but he knew mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. drive that one right by you, how to make sure that that was, that was covered. Uh, I'll ask you the only question I have about – about the Titans, and it's more actually about the Colts. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan has to be an upgrade over Carson Wentz, correct? And, and if the Colts had a real quarterback last year, that team was going to be a threat. Absolutely. I think they would have been a playoff team. Um, kind of self-destruct. Not kind of. He did self-destruct. But there was a report on the athletics that Keeper put this out that behind the scenes, his leadership really wore on the team down the stretch. It, it he had a sour. He came in on a sour note, and it just got it got worse during the season. So it was kind of bound to unravel at some point. I think Matt Ryan comes in. He stabilizes that position. Uh, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's won a league MVP. He's more of a he's more of a leader than than Carson Wentz is, and I think he's going to stabilize that offense. And I think that's why the Colts are going to win the division, and why the Titans are going to fall out of it. Because again, the AFC West is stacked. I have three teams from the AFC West. Getting into the playoffs, I had two teams from the AFC North getting in, and one and the division winner from the other two divisions, the Bills, and of course, as I just said, the Indianapolis Colts. So let's get to your most controversial take of the day, the one that has generated <laughs> the most hate from the Twitterverse. Cookie dough, anything is trash. I'm not even gonna mm-hmm. get into my opinion to start with. We're gonna we're gonna allow you the floor, no trial. No trial. This is this is just a safe space for everybody's food takes. Why is cookie dough trash, and what should it be instead? First of all, I don't advocate eating raw foods unless it's fruits and vegetables. <laughs> bake your bake your cookie. If put the cookie dough in the oven, don't be lazy. Stop being lazy, people. Put the cookie dough in the oven. Make cookies. Cookies are a lot better than cookie dough. I I tried it in my ice cream. I've had just cookie dough playing by itself, and it just doesn't do it. It just I uh, it, I don't know if it's the texture or what. It's maybe it's too sweet. I I just I I don't like it. I can't rock with it. You looked like you hurt Demond there. I gotta give Demond a chance to, to weigh in here because <laughs> as soon as you talked about putting in your ice cream, Demond had this look up to the sky like, "What is wrong with this man?" Because cookie dough ice cream is amazing. I mean, it's terrible. Eat mo. Are you the bluebell? Are you eating the right kind? I, 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 it wasn't bluebell, but listen, it, it was cookie dough ice cream, and, and I tried it twice. I said maybe I had a bad day, maybe my taste buds are off, you know, maybe I wasn't feeling well. Let me try it again, and I just, no, no, I, I know what I wound up doing. I wound up picking the cookie dough out of it and eating around it and eating the ice cream and leaving cookie dough. I, 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 I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I'm sorry, Demont. I couldn't do it. it. Cookie dough is disgusting. Well, you don't deserve ice cream, my friend. Hey, I told him this is a safe space. We can't do that. 
Ra- no, no. Today, Raider Nation Radio is an ice cream safe space. I don't know what happens when Q's around, but we can't we can't go that way. We, we we can't go that way. This man deserves to have the ice cream he uh, he enjoys. The question is going to be for anybody out there as uh, as we wrap up here with Mo Moten from from Bleacher Report is if you just heard him making a case for Justin Herbert to be the MVP and for the Tennessee Titans to disappoint this year. Did you just hear his ice cream take, and does that invalidate all the rest of it for you? If you disagree with him about the ice cream, do you think that you can trust this man about football? Mo, should, should the people still trust you about football, even if they don't trust you about ice cream? I've heard that as good as my football takes are, my ice cream takes are, my food takes are the complete opposite. So as better, the better my football takes, the worse my food takes. So I guess that there's some balance there. Fair enough. Mo Moten from Bleacher Report. Find him on Twitter at Mo, that's M-O-E, Moten, M-O-T-O-N. Kind enough to give us some time here this afternoon. Go check out his article about why Justin Herbert is set up to win the MVP in 2022. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you guys. Give my pleasantries to Q. Tell him to enjoy himself and enjoy a nice vacation. That we will. Listener line is open. Going to remind you about that right now. We want to talk to you here on RNR 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187 with the keyword RNR. Visit them at SalmonAsh.com because you deserve what's right. Our question today, James Bradbury signs with the Eagles. Are the Raiders good enough in the secondary? Call us. Let's talk about it. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Adam Candy sitting in for Q today. Damon alongside. We just talked to Mo Moten from Bleacher Report, and we know that you are already hitting us up on the text line. Damon, what have the people to say about Mo's slander of cookie dough? Yeah, got a few texts in. Before we get to the one about cookie dough, you got one text, didn't leave a name, but he says, you can't take Mo's takes too serious. He likes his potato salad warm. LOL. I mean, come on, Mo. The pe- you like your potato yeah. salad warm. I didn't even Ooh. know that one. That's, Ooh, that that's is, a, that is ugly. Mm-hmm. And then this is from 831 Raider. The reporter was cool until he started talking about cookie dough ice cream. Heck no. That's my childhood favorite ice cream. Just saying, man. That's why I warned Mo at the end that he might have killed his credibility with Raider Nation here on R&R by talking trash about the cookie dough. Uh, we got more folks who want to talk about the Raiders, James Bradbury signing with the Eagles. What's the Raiders' secondary going to look like? Maybe they want to talk about cookie dough. I don't know. But we got some folks on the line. Uh, Damon, who's up first? Mitch in New Jersey. You're up. Mitch, what's up, man? Can you hear us, Mitch? All, All right, right, Mitch, we'll get back to you in a second. Uh, uh, looks like there might be some activity going on there uh, on Mitch's end of the phone. Um, man, man, not doing my tri-state area proud there. Uh, all right, Damon, who's next? Fargo Raider, you're up. Hey, thank you for taking my call, Demond and Adam. Um, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna think that uh, Mo Moten is one of those people that taste soap when they eat cilantro. I'm sorry. Talk oh, me, that's right? a great call. That is a you great call. Know? I don't understand those that's people. That's what it is. It, I mean, you can't potato salad warm. Come on, bro. 
No, yeah. come on now. No, Ken, I, that, I have that was so, the first sign. That was sign number one. That, I'm so, so glad you brought that up about cilantro. The, you just got to read the lines. Now, I, I'm going to push back also on the on Mo's take about Herbert's breakout MVP. Man, I've heard that since he got drafted. I'm I'm here for the slander of him. I'm done with it. When I see it, I believe it, man. He's He's been the second coming of Jesus. Jesus rose again. I'm tired of hearing it. When I see it, I'll believe it. It's gonna be a tough division. I get that our, that the the secondaries aren't uh, you know the Legion of Boom, but also if you're not on your feet, it don't matter who's in the back. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we brought in Jones along with the with the Condor that's already eating. You know, all we did was increase our odds of getting in the backfield, and I don't see a problem with that. Now, we're going to go after a vet. Who are we going to get? Joe Hayden is also a guy who's often injured. So at that point, why pay more money when we have one of those guys in-house? Put some competition with the younger guys that just came in. Make the, the guys who are getting paid earn their paychecks and give a little leeway to the secondary. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. Fargo Raider, we appreciate your time, man. I think you bring up a great point about the pass rush and what it's going to mean for the Raiders' secondary. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that with Adam Hill coming up in five minutes here on Raider Nation Radio. Adam from the Review Journal on the Raiders' beat, of course, will talk about his article on the game-by-game look at the Raiders' schedule. Uh, I don't think we're going to get his take on cilantro, but I will say I want to back that up right there. That is a great call. If you are out there telling me that you taste soap when you eat cilantro, I could not rock with any of your food takes. I'm stopping you right then and there, and we are saying you and I do not see eye-to-eye on much anything in this world. Back in just about five with Adam Hill from the RJ.